everyone. My name is Justine, artist, healer, and creator of Light of the Free. Here today with another episode of Light of the Free, where we broadcast the voices of women in leadership. Today we have Charlene Trin, my beautiful soul sister, goddess, friend. She is here today because she is a leader in the world. And I personally see her as a leader because I know, Charlene, you have been in leadership in your past corporate job and you made the leap into wellness and coaching. And even now through coaching, you are a leader in servantship. And as a sister in within my community, you for sure are a leader, moment to moment transformation and space and love and healing. I'm so grateful to have you here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Goodness, that's a loaded question. Um, I am a fun-loving, adventurous soul. I am um, a coach, a speaker. I just love everything about wellness and leadership and really collaborating and empowering women to rise to the greatness that they already are, but fully witnessing and embracing that in all of its glory. That is who I am in a couple of senses. Yes, you are. <laughs> Can you tell us where it all began? Like where you were born, what growing up was like, and really the journey of the ups and downs of how you got to be where you are now? Yes, I have um, had a very enriching life. I was born in Vietnam um, from Chinese family, and uh, I was born in Vietnam and lived there for about 10 years. Before we immigrated to the United States, we are, were actually boat people that escaped in the late 70s, lived in the Midwest. Uh, we were actually sponsored by a church in Illinois. Our families devout Buddhists, so it's, it's just really interesting, but it was just very rich. So I grew up in Illinois in my teenage years and then moved over to California and finished up high school went to USLA, came up to the Bay Area to go to law school because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want to do more than anything else. I knew I didn't want to go into science. I knew I didn't want to go into become an engineer. All of the things that I think my family would have loved to see me go into, um, but I majored in liberal arts and I went to law school partly because I really didn't know what really would light me up. So it's more of a stall tactic now that I think about it. I just kept looking for opportunities for ways to, to really pursue a career path that seems right for me, but I never felt like I found it. The closest I found to it was when I was in finance um, and I was a leader. The best part about my corporate career was being a leader. I loved, loved coaching my team the personal work that I needed to do to grow as a leader and to empower other people on my team and working and collaborating with partners. But the subject matter didn't excite me. I wanted to be passionate about the subject matter. I really wanted to be excited when I get up in the morning and go, wow, I just can't wait to do my job. But as I climbed the corporate ladder, it became more and more about the business rather than the people. And I 
just kept following the formula of what I thought success was, which is more money, more title. And I've always been very driven. I just kept looking ahead and um, it never felt like I reached the destination. It seems like, you know, when I started, I said, I, I would be so happy if I can get the AVP title. Then I got that. Then striving for the VP title and then striving for SVP, never feeling like I was good enough and never feeling like I've arrived. After 18 years of that, in the last five of the 18 years, it became more and more apparent that I was very unfulfilled. Like I cross off a lot of things on my list. I checked off a lot of boxes and I'm like, my gosh, I'm not happy. And also this feeling of guilt, like I should be happy because I'm making good money. I had all of the outer success that I was told that I should be striving for. And then after having all of that and still not feeling happy, I was really angry at myself and also confused and lost. And there was no one that I would consider a role model that I can look to, to talk about it. The mentors that I have were very corporate and it was all about, you're not supposed to like your job and it's, it's a way of making a living. And if you have a great personal life, if you have a lot of your health, that should be something that you want to focus on and not focus on what you don't have. But I felt something was off. Something was very unaligned. And the higher I climb, also the more hours I had put in, the team got bigger, my region got really large. And it was not until my body was in a lot of pain <laughs> was when I realized, because I have a high tolerance for pain, but mm -hmm. and just like a lot of high achieving women, I think we cope by doing other things. But I think my heart knew, and, and for some reason, it was getting louder and louder in the final years. And um, I was very fortunate to be married to a husband who can see that I'm, I'm, I'm not happy and was very supportive in doing whatever it takes to, um, to kind of get to the bottom of it. That was the beginning of my, my inner work, if you will. And that's just in 2017 that I really dived deep into doing the personal work. And, and that's how I found my calling to be a coach in the empowerment space. And I love being a speaker as well. So, um, yeah. Such a, a full life that you have lived already. And what I love about it is that if you don't mind telling us and our audience the number of revolutions you've made around the sun. I am 51 and uh, I'm a late bloomer. Well, I would actually argue that you're blooming at the perfect time. True. Yes. And yes. That's one of the things I wanted to actually highlight with this podcast is that this blooming within ourselves is truly infinite and it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. There's always this opportunity to listen to yourself and to take those leaps that will really fulfill your soul. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I don't think I would be the coach or the speaker that I am now had I not had gone through those many years of experience and, and having been in the shoes of the people that I am now coaching is really the value that I uniquely bring to the coaching space, right? 
it's not just, these are not just concepts for me, but they're actually experiences I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say late bloomer, Justine, because you and I talked about this and we laugh at it all the time is like you meditated when you started in 12 and I have only started meditating what in the last five years and seriously in the last two years. You actually mentioned that your family is Buddhist and you grew up being sponsored by a Catholic family. Yeah, it was a church. Yeah, a Catholic church in Illinois. Yes. You know, in order to have this like awareness where you're doing something that doesn't really align with your heart, there's almost this like internal guidance that you had within you kind of giving you nudges like, hey, this isn't right. This isn't what's supposed to be what is aligned with you. And I'm curious to know if that the background in Buddhism and Catholicism had anything to do with your spirituality and how you knew that there was a deeper voice within yourself to listen to. That's a really good question. I think that um, listening to myself felt very foreign because of the way that I was brought up. What do you mean by that? I grew up in a very strict Chinese family. The educational system in Asia is not Socratic at all. It's, it's really, you memorize the lessons and then you get tested by putting down what you had memorized. It was very structured. It was very rigid. I kind of look at it as, you know, when we talk about consumption versus integrating versus creating, my upbringing and, and my surrounding and my family culture and my Chinese culture, I just didn't feel like there was any room for creation, any flexibility for self-inquiry. Even I think within the Buddhism, I mean, the way that my family follow Buddhist practices is very, very structured. That's the part that I know and I knew growing up. It was about here are the rules know the rules, learn the rules, abide by the rules. And if you don't conform to that, you get a lot of shit, which is what I, I did. Um, so for instance, my mom and dad, they were arranged for marriage. I'm the youngest of eight children and two of my oldest siblings were arranged for, for marriage. There's an expectation, there's roles and responsibilities and most people fall into doing what they're expected. I didn't grow up being encouraged to exercise choices because they're not really given a lot of choices. And growing up in a family of eight, we didn't have a lot of privacy. If you can imagine, we share rooms. I mean, it was just like, I don't think privacy is even a vocabulary. If it is, I don't know about it. That's just such a foreign concept because we're such a big family. So it wasn't a practice I was comfortable with. But I started asking questions uh, 10 years into my career going, I kind of like my heart knew, right? Like that I was settling and I intellectually asked the questions of like, wait, I feel like I can do more, but what is that to do more of what, you know? And I think the question of purpose and all of that, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have any one that, that I kind of looked to for spirituality. I saw spirituality as religion, For some reason, I just really steered away from it being one way or the other. I just, I just lean back when it comes to, to religion. And I felt very comfortable growing up in, with my family practicing Buddhism, but I never felt a strong pull toward any particular religion. 
And I saw Buddhism, and I still do, in a lot of ways. It's also a philosophy of being. There's actually a lot of, I think, similarities between what I learned about Buddhism and the sutras from yoga. I didn't really do a lot of self-inquiry um, until it was be becoming too painful. And when my body started to felt so uncomfortable, I felt like the heat was on, if you will. I think that's when I can hear my heart more. I can hear my intuition more. I think before my brain was pretty much taking the lead, it pretty much hijacked any other part of me. I think you're just about to answer this, but how did you know that there was a deeper yearning or a purpose that your heart desired to search for? Like, what was the turning point for you? Was it just a physical change or something else as well? I think it was, I just felt spiritually impoverished. I don't know if it's one particular moment. I think it was, for one thing, I, you know, I've been a leader for a long time, like, and there's a piece of me that was wanting the leadership landscape to look more inspiring and it wasn't. And I also didn't feel like I was embodying the kind of leader I want to be, which is like servant leadership, taking risk, speaking my truth, advocating for my team and myself. I was striving for perfectionism. I was striving for achievement. And it was very confusing, like having that set of values that I know is inside of me, but don't really know how to embody or express it. And I actually remember you thinking, maybe this leadership thing is, maybe I'm not, maybe you're either born a leader or you're not. And since I'm not living up to my five gold star standard, maybe that's not for me. And I actually thought about that when I left my corporate job that maybe it's not for me. So I think it, there's just this gnawing, if you will, like it just my heart ached for how I was showing up on a daily basis. And I could tell I was looking forward to the weekends. I was looking forward to the end of the day. I think when the pain rises to a certain level, it taps on your spirituality. I think our, the spiritual awakening happens when you reach that bottom and everybody's bottom is different. And for me, it took being in corporate for 18 years. I, I was like, I don't wanna go any deeper than this. This is just too painful. And there's gotta be more. I think whenever you ask you like, there's gotta be more, that tapping, it's just up to us whether we're ready to answer the call or not. And I was ready to answer the call a few years ago. So what have you learned about yourself in answering that call? That life is a gift, that time is precious, that we are all these beautiful spiritual beings in a physical vessel. And we're here to really enjoy this ride in this life. And we only have a certain amount of time and it's always perfect. Um, and to really not be so damn serious, just to have fun and really explore and be curious. And um, I think the number one thing is love. Self-love, first of all, starts with that and really loving everybody and everything because we're all connected. But once I got that, life is, is just beautiful. It's not about striving, it's not about proving, it's not about perfecting, it's about making mistakes, it's about having fun, it's about lessons. 
It's about flowing. It's about trusting. If I have one word, love is how you get to freedom. If I look at where I was to where I am now, I didn't have freedom then and I have freedom now. And that is the gift that I want to pass on to all the women that I coach, to every, anyone that's in my space. I am their advocate to be free and to love themselves so hard that is just overflowing and it's, it's, a, it's a ripple effect. And I know I'm saying all this stuff like the, the me a few years ago would like, this is so corny. It's so cliche. It's so damn simple. Really so damn simple. It really can be. And, and I know that the people who are listening to this are likely really close to the edge and are just looking for a bit of, you know, it is encouraging to hear that it is simple. And once you trust everything, like the rainbows and unicorns are going to come flying and catch you. <laughs> yeah. And what would you say is, other than self-love, what gives you full permission to just trust and be courageous despite the unknown? The inner work. As simple as I can actually convey it, part of the human experience is to be wounded. You know, no matter how awesome your upbringing was, how awesome your family was, even if your parents did their best and they love you 100% and they try to do all the right things, that and society and the culture, your family, all of that inevitably introduces certain wounds into our way of being. And then we, you know, internalize it growing up and it shapes our limiting beliefs. And I feel that because of that, we're not free unless we're willing to step up and do the healing work, which is to unlearn all the limiting beliefs and really being open to all of these tools that ultimately is about teaching you to love yourself and love life, love others and trust. I mean, all of that is available on the other side, but you got to take the keys and willing to open that door that you feel is scary, foreign, unknown, whatever that is. I think when you talk about healing work, it, it brings up a lot of concepts to a lot of people. It just sounds painful and uncomfortable and weird or whatever it is. And yes, it's all of those things, right? Um, but it's also fun. And if you know that that's what's waiting on the other side is freedom and happiness and abundance and love, why the hell not? I know it sounds so simple. And yet it is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it can be simple is one of the gems that I really hope to pass on through this podcast series. Life is simple and we get to create a life in which we feel most nourished and happy and fulfilled. Yeah. Because what I'm hearing you say is that all the tools are already available for us to do the inner looking and the work in order for us to trust and receive the abundance that's on the other side. Yes. Yes. And the resources are there. You really don't need to make it harder than it really is. Yeah. I know these tools exist, but I think that, you know, you talk, you hear so much about spiritual bypassing. 
I think that's important for us to talk about because I think that, you know, I have clients who come to me and says, you know, I've done all the things I've done meditation and yoga and, um, I do all the self care things, but I still don't, I, I don't really, I'm not that sweet to myself, but there isn't self love. I don't know how to embody it. It's not about grabbing those tools and just start implementing them. Yes, they're great tools, but really what we're talking about, the true freedom, you still have to unlearn a lot of things. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that you could do that. But the deep healing needs to happen so that you can have a strong foundation to then build on all these nourishing tools on top of that. As a wellness coach as well, I, I, I kind of think of some of my clients start eating really healthy and they're like, I, I, I'm eating a lot of kale, I'm eating a lot of lettuce, and I still don't know why I feel so crappy. And that's because there's a lot of toxins in their body. There's a lot of things that's already that they've consumed over however many decades. We actually have to flush out those toxins. The body has to heal. And sometimes it's not about putting good stuff on top of the bad stuff, but actually allowing the body to heal from all the things that's been embodied in, in, our, in us physically. Same thing with the healing process. I mean, you know, a lot of the, the wounds are, it's energy. Like any time that you experience, you know, it, it, as you grow up, it's trauma. And if you, and, and it gets stored in our body. And that's what triggers are all about. When someone triggers you, there, there's a trauma that your body recognizes, even if you can't understand it intellectually. And so you can't bypass that and go, okay, I, I'll just ignore that or go for a walk. And yes, that will help temporarily. But I think it's also important to recognize and not be afraid of that and get to the root of it sort of looking what's under the hood mm -hmm. and be willing to look at that no matter how painful mm -hmm. and then spend the time in doing that. So then, then you can make space for all the good stuff to bring in. Yeah. You gotta be willing to look at what is under the rug you've been sweeping under, you know, and sometimes you know, when you're younger, you really, in that moment, you weren't able to process it, right? And so that's why your memories will store it, your body will store it for you. Yeah. And now as an adult, we get to take ourselves to a place or a container where we can process that. Now, speaking of tools, it's not just tools, but it's how we use them and how we show up to ourselves and love ourselves enough to be consistently using them. You know, I, I like to believe that we all are souls on a journey that is much longer than our human lifespan. And so for this duration of the journey, as human beings, we have a journey of the mind, body, and spirit. And I'm curious to know what top three things you recommend for every girl to really be able to thrive in this world. My, okay, so three things. For me, first thing is to be really, really curious to ask questions, to, um, for, for me, I feel like we have so much resources right now, podcasts, there's so much online, really just see where your curiosity lies and don't censor yourself. 
and don't let anyone censor you because that's that's something that you get to really follow sort of like the breadcrumbs like just follow it you know um number two find ways to early on to learn about mind body spirit like yoga um meditation because I just feel that's really my philosophy when I coach. It's my body spirit. I think that people tend to glom to one piece or the other and they're all connected. And I love anything, any kind of tool where you're tapping into all of that. So anything with breath, like yoga, meditation, um, I think that's a big part of your wisdom. Anything at all relating to that, that's going to tie into body, mind, body, spirit. And then the other piece that I would say is joy. Um, do anything and everything that you can to live from a place of joy. I don't care how small, how big it is. Like it could be painting, it could be golfing, it could be anything that just really lights you up. Because life, as I said, is is not all that serious. No matter who you're around, no matter how serious your family is, you get to find those little things for you, and that's really. Uh, another way to make sure that that you tap into your wisdom, tap into your purpose, tap into your passion, and tap into self trust. I love this list. The three were one. Stay curious. Ask questions. Don't take anything at face value. It's not A or B. Always be so open to go. Well, maybe it's not just A and B. Maybe it's C. Maybe it's and. To explore all those possibilities. And number two, get your hands on any tools at all that has to do with mind, body, spirit, anything that has to do with breath and movement, meditation, yoga, hiking, anything at all where you take the time to tap into your body and your heart and time to be with nature, to be yourself. So any tool around that. And uh, the third is just to live with joy. And so do anything and everything that brings you joy. You like singing? Take voice lessons. Be in a choir. Don't let your parents tell you you can't make a living as a singer. Maybe you won't be making that as a living, but you shouldn't deter yourself or be deterred from exploring something that seems fun to you just because you you don't think it's going to make a living. I'm speaking from my personal experience because anything I wanted to do growing up was like, well, how are you going to make a living from that? Why why would you want to spend your you know your time that way if it's not going to somehow translate into um, your life's work. Yeah. And the thing about joy too, is the more you do what is joyful for your spirit, the more energy you have to show up in for your business or work or career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Inspiring list. I love that list, especially joy, because it gives me so much permission to just have fun, not get so hung up about needing to do something at a certain time because, you know, I made that commitment to myself and I'm letting myself down, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, I feel like, you know, when I am not in someone else's structure, I'm actually a lot more harsh within my own structure (laughs) with myself, but tapping into the joy is like taking a break is what's going to bring me joy right now. I get to do that. Yeah. So I imagine a lot of people listening to this are just so inspired and intrigued by who you are. So where can they find you online? On Instagram, I am Charlie on the run. Uh, Charlie's my nickname. So it's C-H-A-R-L-I-E on the run with an extra N. Uh, I'm also a runner. So 
that's how it started. Or um, just drop me a note on my website, charlenetrin.com. Charlene is spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-N-E-T-R-I-N-H.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. I am blown away by your journey, really. Like you come a long way. And even though you just made that transition a few years ago, it feels like the depth of growth that you've been through, it's exponential what you know now after having made that leap. Thank you. And want to acknowledge you for being the leader that you are and trusting yourself to be able to move forward even in the face of unknown so that we can make a way for others. Yeah, and it's actually really fun to play in this place of unknown because you trust that everything works out as it should and you're always being supported, um, you know, in, in the bigger picture. Um, just keep surrounding yourself with people who share your values and um, who's up to what you're up to. And it's one of the things that I really am so, so grateful for our friendship and the ability for us to connect on a regular basis and to grow together, to learn from each other. Another big, big tool, like really find others um, that elevate you. Yeah, that's actually a common answer that I'm getting. Yeah, and I don't mean from like someone smarter or anything, but it's someone who really um, shows up in life the way that you want to show up in life, you know, from a place of love and generosity and kindness and empowerment. Um, you know, um, like attracts like, so you definitely want to, you know, elevate your vibration by, by, by doing that. Um, so. Yeah. And as usual, you and I could go on forever. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually happen to do a weekly talk on her Instagram. So if you want to catch more of our conversations, go ahead and check out her IGTV. And if you want to join in on the conversation at Light of the Free, check out lightofthefree.com where we will have other blog posts and episodes in regards to chasing your dreams, following your heart. So thank you for joining me today. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Bye, Charlene. Bye. <laughs> now, if any part of that conversation resonated with you today, come find us at lightofthefree.com. Participate in this conversation by leaving us a comment. You can also find me on Instagram at lightofthefree. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got so much value out of this. Until I talk to you again in the next episode, keep chasing your dreams, follow your heart, because truly anything is possible. Bye.